coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. There's a chance, there's a chance we'll have to learn about Kingdom Hearts. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you this week. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Advance Wars coming out for at least one person. And then on Thursday, we are making Nintendo games into Star Wars. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great, Patrick. Before I came over today, I uh, got a haircut. Yes. And I have to tell you, I... I think I'm realizing that one of my biggest fears in life are people thinking that I'm gross. Because every mm. time I go to get a haircut, yeah. I'm always like a little worried. I don't know why that they're that the person cutting my hair is gonna be like, no, you're too gross. No, I'm not, I'm I, not touching Come on, this. come on. Do, I'm dead serious. Do they shampoo your hair at, at this or are you just getting is it just the haircut? They do, but uh, I always do the shampoo after. Do you do the shampoo before? No, I mean, I, I look, I like a cheap, bad haircut. <laughs> like, that is my go-to is, like, my the, the place that I go most frequently to get my haircut is the super cuts by the uh, apartments we used to, that we both lived in. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, o- over in Hollywood. Um, I go back there, even though it's, like, kind of far away from me for a haircut. Um, I pay uh, $15, and I tip an extra 5 on top of that. Um but yeah, no, it's uh yeah, I, I I don't I don't remember what it's like to have like a nice expensive haircut where they like shampoo and all that stuff. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that like the haircuts I get are nice. Mark or gets expensive. bougie haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think if your hair was too gross, yeah, they would shampoo it first. Interesting. You I, don't think that they just like shut it down? I mean no, you would never, know, never. But if they're like if they're if they never if I it would be less humiliating for them to shampoo my hair first, but I think that um, I like clearly I would know that something was off because rarely have they been like, you know what? Let's you know what? We're gonna do today. this. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. Like, there's just no way people in that position, and this is like you know, uh, massage therapists and like anyone that ends up dealing with like human bodies, like they've seen. Mark, the things they've seen and the things they've touched and the things they've smelled, there's no way you register on that scale. <laughs> I know. I, I, and I, I think intellectually, I know that. Because, like, we are all disgusting. We're Body all gross. Positive, we're all gross, we're yes. we're all just, like, really gross sacks of meat just, like, mm-hmm. waddling around. Maybe more accurately, we're just body negative. <laughs> <laughs> all bodies are bad. <laughs> That's right. That's right. A breakthrough. Yes, a breakthrough uh, is body negativity. Um, Speaking of things that we are just perpetually negative about, my copy of Sonic Forces, would you like to borrow it? Um, You certainly can. All you got to do is email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at gmail.com and give us a mailing address. We can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. There may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there. It's fine. Don't panic. Either way, you play the game for as long as you want which could be a total of zero minutes and zero seconds, or as many as, uh, Mark, pick a number. How, how many minutes can someone play this game Four. for? Four. Four minutes, or any time uh, above or below that. Um, and then you send it back. I pay for postage both ways. It's the perfect borrowing program. Your hair is looking sharp, by the Thank way. Thank you so much. Um, here's another thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Really, anywhere you get your podcast, we appreciate it so much. If you leave us a review on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we can see it, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. Like Skate Chris 90 thank you so much, Skate Chris 90 for leaving us a five-star review um, in the review. And again, as a reminder, you don't have to leave like questions or comments for us in the review. But, but if, if you, they're there, we're going to answer we them. We will, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just to paraphrase here, uh, Skate Chris 90 
comments that the new Kirby game is really good. We agree. agree. I agree. And ask when the new Ninja Turtle game is coming out, which is a great question. Do we know? No, we don't know when the uh, new game is coming out, this uh, Shredder's Revenge, and we don't know when the collection is coming out. We just know that the collection is later this year. Well, and that's and also presumably what... presumably Shredder's Revenge is later this year. It's not earlier this year, so... <laughs> They're both coming out this year, uh, <laughs> to the best of our knowledge. Um, it, it, I, I, what, which one do you think comes out first? Collection or the new game? Ooh. I am going to guess that the collection comes out first. I'm going to guess that, too. Just because, like, this style of... Because it's, it's uh, Dotimu, right, that's, mm-hmm. that's doing it. Um, you know, they were working on, like, Windjammers, too, for, like years and years and years so like i think it's i think it's even possible that we live in a world where uh, shredder's revenge doesn't come out this year that's a terrible world it's a heartbreaking world but we live in a terrible heartbreaking world so i don't know it's uh i, th- I think it's possible that doesn't come out this year but the collection like cowabunga collection for sure comes out this yeah, year. yeah totally so yeah leave us a five-star review mm-hmm. um if you leave us a five-star review anywhere that is not the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we still want to answer your question or at least give you a shout-out. So hit us up on Twitter. Send us an email. Let us know. And um, thank you to everybody who has given us a review. We appreciate it so much. It really genuinely does help people find the show. And Patrick and I love reading them. Uh, we certainly do a uh, quick little programming note about last week um our episodes did pop in the reverse order um so uh that's our bad we apologize for any confusion that may have caused in your podcast feed um th- there was a news episode that went out last week i know for some reason that was not uh totally clear um but if you go back and uh just through all the episodes that we posted last week you should see both the news episode and our um uh kirby copyability ranking with greg smith they're both there we especially apologize to people who use our show to tell what day of the week it is because that yes. must have been very confusing uh, you wake up you turn on nintendo cartridge society you end up going to the wrong job that day right you go to your thursday job you go to your thursday job. job yeah you're like greg smith is on the show it's got to be a thursday they wouldn't put him on the show on Tuesday. We did, and we're sorry. Um, speaking of, uh, we don't apologize for having Greg on the show. He's a great guest. Um, speaking of, uh, we got we got a series of emails um, from uh, Xander about that episode. Uh, the first email saying that he thinks we were wrong about um, Samus uh, and, and and Snake. He thinks that their position should be reversed. Uh, sorry, Xander. That's the way we landed. Um, and then um, he writes, follow-up, Shulk's sword is called Monado. Uh, Maybe you guys should do a Xenoblade Chronicles month uh, in the lead up to Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, He says he's grateful for the content uh, and was on a trip this week and us uh, pumping out our regular content was the only normal thing that happened. Keep up the good work. Uh, Oops. (laughs) It wasn't normal. normal. Because we flipped the episodes. Uh, Mark, I just but before we react to the we should do a Xenoblade uh, thing, I want to roll in these other emails because this all becomes like sort of part of a piece. Um, Heston writes in and says, "Yo, love the show. Uh, just want to say you guys should definitely try out Minecraft. It's bopping. You could even do a topic episode on it." One more email. This one from Aaron. Um, Aaron uh, writes, um, "What do you guys do when you have too many games that you want to play, but also have so little time to play them each day? I recently picked up Animal Crossing New Horizons, Pokemon Legends Arceus, and Kirby and the Forgotten Land just released. But now LEGO Star Wars and Chrono Cross are coming out this week. Do you buy games on release day and then just wait till you have time to actually play them uh, to make the purchase? Um, Kirby month went by too, too fast. And thank you for introducing me to Kirby's block ball, Aaron. Um, Aaron, you're welcome. Kirby's block ball is a treasure and I'm glad that we've introduced more people to it. So Mark, there are games that, uh, that came out this last week, including Lego star Wars and Chrono cross. You're still playing dragon quest 11. S. Yeah. Definitive edition. We are now, uh, uh, being charged to play Minecraft and the Xenoblade Chronicles game. What do we do when there are too many games and not enough time to play them? My philosophy has kind of changed, and uh, really in the past, like I would say, year. I'm curious what your take on this is, Patrick. But I used to buy games release day no matter what, and then just sit on them until I had time to. Yeah. But I've kind of gotten away from that, um, purely almost from like a like it was money foolish to do it that way. Yeah. Because a lot of these games, Nintendo games like accepted for the most part, 
But even those like go on sale fairly regularly. And so you can save a significant amount of money if you wait, you know, until you're actually ready to play the game. Yeah. Or getting ready to play the game to buy it. So, but also just like as a consumer and as a fan of Nintendo and like video games, part of the fun is the buildup to the release date. And so even though like digital pre-orders are kind of silly, I still like digitally pre-ordering things because I like having that like milestone. It is fun to like have that moment where it's like, I'm buying this game that I'm really excited for that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, and like I have that locked in and it's going to preload on my system. So at 9 p.m. Pacific time, I can start playing it. Like I find all of that like really like a fun part of consuming video games. Yeah. No, me too. I mean, the, the, the biggest problem that I have with that, and this is still largely how I um, how I engage with like new games, is that like you know I, I got Star Wars and Chrono Cross uh, this week the the days they came out, um, and uh, but like if if I end up not playing a game like during its launch period, but bought it there anyway, it is likely that I don't make it back to it, which is no good. Um, but I do think that there is some value and something that I'm like, I've been actually been okay with this for a long time of being excited for a game, buying it right when it comes out, playing it for the weekend, uh, realizing that it's not capturing me or whatever, and just moving on uh, to not feeling any sort of like responsibility to the game or whatever. Um, and just like allowing myself to decide that I'm not having fun with something and to stop not having fun with it. It is, it is hard when you're spending like 60 bucks, 70 bucks on something. Yeah. And then you get in, you're like, oh, this doesn't click for me. It's hard to just like put it away immediately. But yeah. I feel the same way. And I think it's because like Aaron, I d- the short of it is I don't have a good answer for you because yeah. I handle it in a bunch of different ways. What I am currently trying to do because the amount of time that I have to play video games is fairly limited is really like focus in on one experience. And am I years late to Dragon Quest 11 S echoes of elusive age definitive edition for the Nintendo switch? Yes. But I'm worried that like I'm enjoying my time with it. And so I'm just like focusing there kind of worried that if I pick up other stuff and try to balance the two, yeah, like, the two won't I'll fall out of it. both. Yeah. Or like, I just won't like have a good experience with both. And so kind of to your point, Patrick, I just feel like you have to be okay with letting like the zeitgeist pass you by or, you know, like not uh, playing the big game that everybody else is talking about. Like I kind of feel left out with Elden Ring because I haven't played Elden Ring at all Mm -hmm. because I just don't have time to like balance Nintendo stuff and you know, like, ex- like really devote to Elden Ring. And so I just kind of had have said goodbye to Elden Ring for now. I mean, here, here's the other thing, too, though. Like, we are in a, I think, a, a particularly, like, crunchy period for uh, game releases, right? That uh, you, you mentioned Elden Ring. Obviously, Kirby just came out. Um, the two games that came out last week that we're excited about. Um, and it's, it's, I feel like the beginning of this year has been, like, a release extravaganza, right? Like there was even a little bit where I was like, should I pick up that new horizon game? Um, and I feel like we've got a couple months here that are a little quieter. Um, we can just sort of make our way through the games that we're currently playing and not really stress out about like the new things. We'll get back to it at some point. We'll buy games that we never play. Um, and that's fine. That's just a reality of like doing this or you just show more restraint and don't do it. Don't do that. But I don't think I'm ever going to, yeah, it's just I'm really not, not going to get there. Um, Especially now that I'm like working again and I'm like making money, like yeah, I'm I'm just gonna buy games. Um, all right, Mark, that is uh, the beginning of the show. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. We spent a little bit of time playing Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga together, um, but uh, before we started recording, um. Uh, I had grand ambitions of starting with the sequel trilogy because you can pick whichever um, trilogy you want to start in. Um, Not film, but like trilogy. You you pick the first movie in the trilogy. Yes. Okay. Um, and yeah, you, you can't start with Empire or... You can't uh, go right to Rise of Skywalker. Can't go right to Rise of Skywalker. Favorite. Yeah, it's everyone's favorite, but you can't start there. Um, 
Uh, and I, that's, that's where I wanted to like have fresh kind of fun first. Um, but I started playing the game with Sarah on the couch next to me and I was like, where should I start? And she said, you should start with the prequels because then they're out of the way (laughs) (laughs) and she's not wrong. Um, uh, so uh, I started making my way through, um, Phantom Menace played for about an hour and had a couple of i bumped up against it um and so i put it away until you came over and then we played together and i gotta say that playing it with you was a lot more enjoyable than the experience by myself mark what what were your impressions of playing it uh with me earlier yeah i i had a lot of fun playing it in co-op because we were both able to kind of like go off and explore the world and the game is surprisingly good at being like you're having your experience the other person is having their experience and we traveled to different parts of Coruscant. Yeah. Like it, it, uh, it, it, it's it's crazy how it's able to juggle both what you're doing on like one space platform somewhere and me on like another platform super far away. So that was really fun. I also forgot how funny these like games can be. The cutscenes where they're like going through the story, even the um, the dialogue w- with the NPCs, the way Jar Jar Binks runs. It's oh all my gosh. very <laughs> yeah. The way Jar Jar Binks runs is is perfect. There is a, the, a funny detail that I uh, discovered when I turned the game back on um, today to uh, pick up in the middle of, of uh, Phantom Menace, which we're we're like right at the end of Phantom Menace, and I'm excited to trip over into the next uh, movie in the trilogy, Attack of the Clones. Um, that uh, it started with an when I turned it back on, it started with an opening crawl and I was like, Oh man, did I lose my progress? Uh, and it said like episode one, uh, so far or something like that. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's doing like a mid movie crawl. Um, cool. And one of the paragraphs, uh, referred to a, um, completely legal invasion of the planet Naboo, which, uh, and completely legal was in, in caps, um, which is like, that's a line of dialogue from the movie that they're like, it's a completely legal occupation of Naboo. Um, and it's just like funny that they like latched on to that little bit of that little phrase from the dialogue and made like a joke about it. It's just so like sophisticated and knowing in its retelling of Star Wars. Um, it makes me want to stop every movie like, in the middle of it, just to see what the mid-movie crawl would be. Yeah, I feel like game humor in games is very... It's tough. It's tough, and rarely do I genuinely find something, like, funny. But I found a lot of... You know, we played for, like, an hour and a half. I found a lot of it, like, genuinely funny, which is um, surprising, honestly. Yeah, Like, totally. uh, a good surprise. I will say, I can... I have not played this game in single player yet, only in co-op, and I can understand like why single player might not be that engaging because the worlds are not that engaging. Like you're just kind of, there are things for you to do and to break up, but like the open world aspects of it, like the gameplay loop didn't seem all that exciting to me. It was more like getting to those story beats that, and seeing how like the duel with Darth Maul, spoiler alert, was going to um, play out. Yeah. You know, like that was the part that was more exciting. Like the actual like, doing it not so much yeah yeah i i, I agree with that completely well and at, at this point uh I, I, would, I would like to transition off of uh lego star wars um with like my three the th- the three reasons that uh, i didn't put more time into it this week um and these are increasing order of relevance so the first um is so really, uh, this is number three. We're going up to number one, which is your number, number one, one reason. Yeah, okay, so number three <laughs> on the list of three reasons I didn't spend more time playing Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Um, performance. Uh, the game does the resolution on the game feels really low, um, and I'm not really like a graphics hound or anything. Um, but like, there were just times when it didn't. I was like bummed by how crisp the game didn't look. I and I think that's totally fair. I also think that as someone who lives in a Nintendo world essentially, like I don't own a PlayStation 5 right now. I don't own a next generation Xbox. And so when it looked okay to me, like it didn't look bad to me, but I can definitely see how in comparison to other games that it would fall short. Yeah. Um so that that's number 3. Reason number 2, um 
I don't like the uh, the interface, the uh, the UI in this game. Um, the menus have a lot of words on them, and there are a lot of like small. There's a lot of small text on uh, on the screen, basically all the time. But anytime you're navigating a menu or a store or whatever, um, it made me feel like I was playing a PC game in the '90s. You know, um, where it just I, I, I wasn't enjoying my experience with that. I went into like look at the upgrades and was like, no, this is impenetrable. I don't care about this. Um, and then reason number three, I have got, or no, reason number one, this is the most relevant reason. Um, uh, currently, I have it out for any game that is not Chrono Cross. <laughs> No fault of its own. No. Well, I don't know. It was it born could be Chrono not Cross. Chrono Cross. It could be Chrono Cross. If it were Chrono Cross, I would enjoy it more. Mark, the other game I've been playing this week is Chrono Cross the Radical Dreamers Edition. Um, I started uh, playing this game on Friday morning before I left for work. Um, and uh, the opening cinematic brought me to tears, <laughs> uh, which I know is just like connecting the nostalgic wires in my brain. Um and uh, reminding me of playing this game when I was much younger. Um, but man, Chrono Cross is so rad. Um, the game is so like wistful and sad and wonderful. Um, the premise of the game, uh, if, if you're not familiar with it, it's you know very Final Fantasy-esque, um, but you play as this kid named Serge who uh, you know grew up in this small fishing village uh, and you know he it's it's you you spend time like running around the village at the beginning you meet everyone they tell you their their life stories or like they're inferred from all, all the things that all your interactions with them and everyone has this very like uh, my life happened this way and like you know could it have happened a different way probably but like this is what it is and I'm happy now or fulfilled now or I regret the following um, and uh, then you are sucked into an alternate dimension where uh, Serge uh, drowned at seven years old, ten, ten years ago. Um, and uh, so it's a world where you haven't existed for ten years. And everyone in the town is a little bit different. Some people are a little bit better. Some people are a lot worse. Um, some priorities have changed. Uh, and your adventure sort of unfolds from there. But it starts from this very like contemplative place of like what impact one person can have on the lives of people that, you know, they don't appear to be that close to. Um, and just like, there's the whole like road less traveled, right? Like what, what would happen if you would have done this? There's a sliding doors kind of aspect to it. Um, and so it's just been beautiful and great. Uh, and I love this game. Ooh, that, that sounds really cool. I know basically nothing about Chrono Cross other than it is tenuously connected to Chrono Trigger. Mm -hmm. But even just that little bit of like uh understanding of the opening, like you explaining that like makes me super interested in getting to this when I can. Yeah. Cuz I, I cuz I do yes. I do really want to play it, but I feel like in my heart right now I only have space for one JRPG. And that, right. of course, I wouldn't is, want to pull you away from is Dragon Quest yeah. XI S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch, which I am about to spoil a little bit. So if you have not played this game, mm -hmm. if you want to play this game in the future, jump ahead just a couple of minutes. Mark is going to spoil through the end of the first act. Right. So, um, you know, like you get to the life tree kind yep. of it. Okay. So I got to Sniffleheim, which was. Uh, I was expecting, I think, Sniffleheim to be more interesting. Yeah. Because uh, in previous conversations, I was it building like, it up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, but I understand now that post Sniffleheim right. is really where it gets interesting. Like immediately after Sniffleheim. Well, well it, you also have the, the thing with Eric's sister there, right? No. Oh, never mind. That's when you go back to Sniffleheim. My bad. No, not yet. And actually, it wasn't immediately post-Sniffleheim for me that this that the end of Act 1 happened because I had missed an orb earlier, I realized. Mm. So, like, like I finished Sniffleheim, and it was like, go out and find the rest of the orbs. And I was oh, like, wow. oh. Um, and so I, uh, I went and did that. I knew where I needed to go. Um, it was actually, like, the area by the um, Mini Metal Academy. Okay, I had yes. just not fully explored okay, that before yeah. I like jumped ahead, and so uh, you get to like the the tree of the life tree. I can't remember what it's called. Exactly. Yadrasil. Yes, Yadrasil, and you uh, get to the top, and you know, as the hero are about to like pull out the big like glowing sword and everything, and at that moment, 
the main villain of the game is revealed and wipes out your entire party. Mm-hmm. Like you die. The cr- he corrupts the world. This uh, Yadrasil, like the world tree, it crashes to the ground. Yes, and like the world is just like decimated. It is essentially apocalypse. Yeah, for the entire um, world. And then that's the end of Act One. Yep. You wake up as Silvando, and for the first part of this like interlude before Chapter Two. You play as each most, n- not all actually. No, it, it's it's like half. Yeah, because right? you don't play as like uh, you, you. You don't, don't play, play as the sisters. You don't play as the sisters, but you do play as Silvando, right? Eric, Eric Jade, and Sob. Rob. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, the all of them were like interesting, but the one that I liked the most by far was the one with Silvando. You know, he, for good reason, wakes up, like, super depressed. Yep. It's like, what is even the purpose of my life? You know, what is the purpose of life at all? Everybody is depressed. But he starts recruiting this, like, group yep. of, I man, I wish I could remember what it's called. But basically, they're just, like, a troop of happy, like, dancers yes. whose goal is just to bring joy into people's lives. Because basically, what Silvando realizes and what I felt so like strongly and was like, this is so great, is he's like, man, the world is terrible, and I cannot change that the world is terrible. But what I can do is I can bring joy into individual right. people's right. lives, right. and so that will be like my mission. And he recruits people to help him do that, and it's just like such a like a a good, fun little like interlude that uh, I just really like appreciated. There's a, a section of uh, this little chapter where you're uh, controlling Silvando, where you are just leading a parade of people wearing these like flamboyant, like Mardi Gras-esque outfits with giant feathers uh, sticking out their butts. Uh, and it's just uh, like, it's it's so, you're just like marching through the world. It's incredible. Yeah, the, the first people that you recruit are these three like kids who oh, yeah. turn to a life of crime, basically like robbing people because they have no other like choice or options. Um, and uh, but Silvando like does some like magic trick, and it just like enchants them so much. But they all dance, and the dances yes. that they all do are like really funny. Because as you're traveling through the world, you there are still enemies, you know, like monsters out on the field that you encounter. And also some that are just like part of the interlude. And so these people, this like parade that you're joining becomes your party. And some of these kids, like all they can do really is like dance. Yeah. And it hypes up the rest of your party. Yep. It's just like so fun. And um, I thought that was like such a good part of that game. Yeah. Well, and, and these chapters are part of what was added in the um, S part of Dragon Quest XI yeah, S. It's so crazy to me. Yeah, that like from the end of Act 1, like the party wipe, it just goes back to the hero's hometown and picks up at the beginning of, of Act 2. Well, so the beginning of Act 2 uh, is you're a fish <laughs> and you're yes. like underwater yes. and you're like floating around. I think I'm about to get to the okay. point that you're talking about, but that's also like a really weird, weird, re- weird way to start that uh, second chapter. Yeah. Um, man, I'm so glad that you are like, I, I feel like now you're to the meat of the game. Um, it's where the most, you start to have like more freedom and like how you develop the characters and just like what you need to do in order to succeed feels like it's more in your hands at this point. And also by now, and correct me if I'm wrong, but y- do you feel like you have a better handle on like what your characters can do, what your party is capable yeah, of, and totally. what what you prioritize in the game? I'm curious, and I guess maybe I'll find out in not too long from now. I'm curious how the like uh, character builder opens up from this point because yeah. you know I've put a lot of points into certain uh, categories into certain abilities. Right. You know, like Eric is my knives guy, and I like went all in on knives. Yeah. Um, but I'm just curious how that evolves in this next chapter, if it evolves. Right. Well, some of them will, some of them get like a new class of stuff. Um, some of them are radically transformed. Um, Ooh, that's, I'm excited. Yeah. It's, I'm, 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 I'm very excited for you, for you to it. I'm also excited to see how like you start like rebuilding the team. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the best. Um, all right. Uh, Mark, I'm so, 
I, I'm so that I feel like I could. This could be just an episode where we talk about the games we've been playing this week. But that's not the format of the show. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, April twelfth, "Don't Starve Together" is released on the Switch eShop. This is a sequel to "Don't Starve." and introduces co-op elements, has been featured in um, like a recent Indie World showcase. Also on Thursday, April 14th, Nobody Saves the World is released. Um, which is exciting. This was a, a Drinkbox game, um, the studio that made Guacamelee and um, Severed. Um, and it is uh, was originally an Xbox exclusive, uh, but is now coming out on Switch. And it's uh, launching day one with local co-op, which seems like it would actually be fun to mess around with. Uh, it's like an action RPG, like Secret of Mana style. Um, they announced that it was coming to Switch on April 4th, and it's coming out on Thursday. So, like, I don't know what's up with the short zero-hype release schedule for this, but... Uh, there, there you go. Uh, they uh, announced and released within 10 days. And then on Friday, April 15th, Mario Golf for the Nintendo 64 comes to Nintendo Switch Online. Um, I don't really have a ton of excitement for this, but I am wondering, where's Kirby? Hey, where's Kirby? Uh, every time that we're not playing Kirby, we should... <laughs> Look, we, we said, will there come a day where we do an episode of the show where we don't talk about Kirby? Today is not this day. No. Um... Yeah, where is Kirby? But also, I think I think we are now to a point where the Nintendo Switch Online Nintendo 64 library should have launched. Like, I think there are just now enough titles, enough compelling titles, and enough sort of, like, niche titles like this one, um, like Mario Golf, to, like, this is where, this is how it, sh- this is the shape it should have been in when it launched. Have you, have you played this Mario Golf game? No. Yeah, I haven't either. That's it. I'm, I mean, I'm interested to give it a shot. You know, I tried the, the Mario Tennis game. Um, I think I've played a little bit of every game that's on there now, um, except I haven't played uh, the Majora's Mask on there yet. Mario Tennis I had played, but not on, like, my own Nintendo 64. Do you remember sometimes, like, you would go to hotels in the 90s? Yes. And they would have, uh, just like you could rent movies, you could also rent games. And they had this, you know, like a w- built-in wired... Third-party yes. controller. There wasn't a Nintendo 64 controller, but like functioned like a Nintendo 60, almost like a third-party, yeah, like Mad Cat style. But it was still like shaped like the Nintendo 64 yeah. controller, yeah. And that is how I've played Mario Tennis. Um, it seems like an okay way to spend like time in a hotel, right? Yeah, if it's rainy outside, yeah. Um, man, the world that we used to live in, where now like you would just have your Switch with you. Uh, but also, why is Wave Race not on this thing yet? Not even. Was it even announced as part of like no that it's coming? Yeah, I mean that's what I would like. Are are we past the point of because uh, they they showed off other games that were coming to the service? No, because Kirby. Oh yeah, yeah. So no, that until that is until Kirby is released, we will not be past wow uh, the initial announcement games for Nintendo sixty four um, Switch Online. Was Mario Golf part of that lineup? These these are now I'm just speculating. <laughs> I I'm going to speculate. Yes, okay. I think it was. Okay. I don't think that they've. Uh, announced or shown sorry I don't think they've released anything that has that was not shown in that initial lineup right but like to this point all of the games they've released since the original uh, like batch have been like bangers though well no I guess not F-Zero F-Zero is not a banger yeah we've already said twice that it looked like butt it looks like butt we've said it four times now Um, all right Mark those are the new releases let's close out this segment Which brings us to a regular segment on the show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today I would like to talk about things that you, that you lay on or sit on outside. And the reason I bring this up is Sarah recently bought a hammock, um, like a portable hammock that we put up at the park yesterday. Um, and it's a two-person hammock, and we were both in it, just like kind of swinging in the breeze. And it just got me wondering, like, what what do you like to sit on outside so, or, or lay in? Yeah, I feel like it is – I believe 
that it is possible to be comfortable outside. But I, you've never. I, I have found it very difficult for myself mm -hmm. to achieve because, like, sitting on the grass. No, definitely not. Yeah, not sitting fun. on a blanket on the grass. Okay, for a limited time. Yeah, and also I don't like eating a meal that way. That that's too much. Well, yes, especially because like inevitable crumbs, and then yeah. you're sitting in the crumbs. And yes, you can like get up and shake the blanket and. Well, I mean, you gotta, because, like, if it's been on the grass, like, you're going to shake it out. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, like, I I like the also, idea. Also, you wouldn't sit on the floor <laughs> to, like, eat a meal unless, like, you've got a, a low table. But you have but no other option. Right. Yes. You know, what? I, like, if you're outside, what are you going to do? I mean, maybe you're at a picnic table, but for some reason, they're always, like, covered in bees or indirect or sunlight. Poop. Yes, yes. You know, there's, like. Oh, God, the direct <laughs> sunlight uh, picnic table. A, 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 a crime anywhere, but in Los Angeles, it's just like an absolute nightmare. Like you're you you bring uncooked chicken to that table, and it just pff, you've got you know. But we've all been there. You like yes. pull up to a park, you're looking around for a table. Yeah. There's a couple of tables. There's one in the shade. You're like, why is nobody going to this table? You go there. There's an enormous wasp nest. Right. Like a, you know a black widow, just like hanging out, just waiting for your, your right. tasty ankles to get mm -hmm. like even mm -hmm. close enough for it to nibble. Um, so you're, you're just like baking in the sun. Again, I believe it's possible to be comfortable. At the beach, get out of here. It's all either way too hot uh -huh. or you have an umbrella, which you're like trying to figure out and trying to stay in the shade, but the sun's moving. The sun it's is windy. moving. Right. The sun is moving. You need a good umbrella, which is both big and anchored into the sand uh, if, if you're going to the beach. The beach is difficult, uh, and you need to. I've been sunburned at the beach more times than I can count now. But you need to follow that sun or follow that shade. You need to uh, protect yourself. Yeah, I just feel. I just don't. I think I just don't like being outside and not moving for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm outside and I'm like doing stuff. Yeah. Great. If I'm outside, just like sitting. You don't like it. What's the point? Well, what about those like uh, those chairs at like the pool that you know it's like the the vinyl straps like suspended between them. Patrick, first of all, those why 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 the 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 straps? It's so awful you it's idea. so you drip through it instead of like warping whatever thing you're. you're but also staining it. Your eyes have seen me. You have seen how pale I am. I am not just like hanging out by the pool. That is not, like, a thing I but do. But if you did hang out by the pool, you wouldn't be so pale. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true catch-22, mm -hmm, for sure. Mm -hmm. What about, like, a like an Adirondack chair? I don't think I know what that is. It's one of those big uh, wooden chairs that, like, uh, the, the part that you sit on is sort of, like, slanted. So, like, your knees are kind of, like, up over it. Oh. You know? And uh, the, the backs are, like, reclined back a little oh, bit. Oh, sure. Kind of like, like a deck chair. On like a cruise or something? Yeah, kind of, but like it, it lower. Yeah, it, why? They're kind of a lower why are, chair. Why is all outside furniture so low to the ground? That's a great question. It's such like, such like a sharp V angle. Yeah, we we have a pair of um, like chairs that fold up into like backpacks mm, mm -hmm. um, that we like put down when we're like going to see uh, Shakespeare in the park, or these are also the chairs that we take to the beach, um, and they're very low. Uh, but that's also just part of them having like a small profile so they, we can carry them with us. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Um, I gotta say, uh, the hammock, very nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, once we get it set up, like, being in a hammock, pretty good. You're not on the ground. Uh huh. Um, I do think I hurt my back a little bit, like, getting in and out of the hammock and just sort of like balancing in it, but it was comfortable. It was comfortable. All right. Uh, I guess we'll never know. Um, any other thing about that? We were accompanied today by the by students from the Royal Center School of Speech and Drama, as conducted by Paul Barker. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. A few weeks ago, Advance Wars One Plus Two Reboot Camp was delayed from its April release date, um, indefinitely delayed due to world events according to Nintendo, but it looks like at least one user who had the game preloaded on their Switch Lite before the delay has been able to access it on the original release date of April 8th. Uh, the player is a Twitter user whose Twitter handle, I am not sure how you're supposed to pronounce. Killatheth? Killatheth. 
and uh, they provide like video and screen grab evidence. It's still not like a hundred percent clear exactly how they were able to access it because standard preloading wouldn't work for something like this because the way that Nintendo is recently in the past year like changed their uh like pre-order strategy you no longer pre-order the game when it's available for preload you can pre-order it pretty much whenever Anytime. they make it yeah. available and then a week beforehand is when they like download it onto your system and also when they charge your credit card yes yeah. and of course uh advance wars one plus two reboot camp was delayed before that would have happened but it looks like what the case was i think this user is in northern ireland um it, looks like what happened is that they were able to download to purchase a code like a download code for the my nintendo from the my nintendo store and input that code and the code still worked and so they were able to download it that way or that's how they were able to get it on their system yes but uh they're not able to like put it onto another system uh after like even on the same Nintendo. Account. Yeah, it's like mysterious. Not like, totally clear. It's like not in their library. Like yes. they don't see it in their recently played or like anything like that. So, and I guess Nintendo recently like refunded them for the purchase. I'm guessing at some point it may become like not playable. Um, yeah, I mean, she could always take that, uh, take the Nintendo Switch Lite that it's currently on offline, and they would have no control over it. But yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, it's it's a weird little thing that like snuck through, and uh, I don't really know what the story is here, other than like it happened and someone played it. The game is real. Yeah, someone has yeah. someone has the game on their system, um, and seemingly through this like edge case that clearly Nintendo had not accounted for. Yeah, but um, you know, we talked about this when it was initially delayed. Patrick, do you think that this is just like delayed, or do you think Advance Wars One Plus Two Reboot Camp just quietly? gets canceled jeez i don't know uh i think there's i could see the world where the game never comes out uh but i could also see it where like a month from now it just kind of quietly comes out mm -hmm. um and they just like tweet like uh advance wars is now now available um and you know like i wonder if just uh spinning down their like hype cycle about it and not having um like publicity for it would be enough to just kind of like tone down the kind of like warlike rhetoric around it considering what's happening in the world well if it, it if it does never in fact get released um what a interesting like side note this will be in the history of this game yeah that like yeah, totally at least one user was able to get it uh, and I wonder if there are other users that are, are are also experiencing this. Like, if anyone else was able to access this game. I'm not suggesting anyone go out of their way to try to do it. Don't fall for anyone who says that they have, like, a code that will work. Um, don't, you know, just guard yourself here. Don't go out of your way to do this. A remake of the previously Japanese-exclusive Live Alive RPG uh, being remade in the HD 2D style like um triangle strategy i was struggling for the names of these mm -hmm. projects octopath traveler octopath traveler uh is being released soon and the original director of live alive takashi tokita recently sat down for an interview with famitsu in japan where he shed some light on the decision to remake the game in the hd 2d art style and then the translation here is from nintendo everything Tokita said, quote, I've, I've pushed internally for a remake or sequel a number of times, but the circumstances never quite worked and the idea was abandoned. One of the big reasons we were able to create the remake was because we joined up with Mr. Asano's team, who was responsible for the HD 2D RPG Octopath Traveler from four years ago. As an outside observer, Octopath Traveler left a big impact on me. I think that a full 3D remake of the game would have changed the look of the game too much, but an HD 2D remake fuses the beauty of pixel art with the unique effects possible with 3D. There are several plots from the get-go in Live Alive. The science fiction sections might be better suited to 3D, while hand-drawn art can be used to highlight more important elements. HD 2D allows for a lot of variety. So I think this is fascinating. Um, you know, I, I can see... Uh, like my own school of thought, remake all the 16-bit era um, uh, Square Enix RPGs as uh, HD 2D. That seems like, yeah, of course I want to see Final Fantasies uh, 4, 5, and 6 uh, done up in this style. 
but I like that uh, Takeda, if, if, if no one else, is uh, saying, like, this makes sense specifically for this game. Um, I, this just seems very, like, insightful and uh, nuanced. I, I like that they're thinking about it that way. I think I like that, too. I also think it's really interesting and makes a lot of sense that Octopath Traveler, like, opened a lot of doors for Square. I mean, we've, we, I feel like what you're wishing for with those 16-bit Final Fantasies is not that far out of reach because, you know, they're remaking Dragon Quest three in this style. I feel like this style unlocked a lot for Square where it's like, well, we need a modern presentation, but it doesn't make sense budget-wise, presentation-wise, for these to be like a full 3D remake. Right. And this is well, really and, like... and also doesn't uh, doesn't make aesthetic ch- uh, uh, sense either. That like a lot of these games were designed with the limitations of the medium in mind, um, and so like the the tones of the game sort of like match what they're able to achieve in the art, um, and to like just make it like a full 3D. Like you can't Final Fantasy VII remake everything. Like that doesn't. It wouldn't make sense for a lot of them, um, especially in like Dragon Quest, right? Um, so yeah, it, like this is this is a cool other avenue they go down. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe this next one gets filed under, hey, it, it's news, but not necessarily Nintendo news, and not necessarily news that you and I can speak on super <laughs> eloquently. But let's let's jump into it. So Square Enix celebrated the twentieth anniversary of Kingdom Hearts by announcing two new games in the series, Kingdom Hearts Missing Link for iOS and Android, which is coming to some territories later this year, and a surprise to me anyways, but really maybe shouldn't have been a surprise, Kingdom Hearts 4 with no platforms yet. No platforms, no release date, no release window. Uh Uh-huh. And like kind of a new... Like the the hook of it, or seemingly like uh, what what they're showing off in this trailer is like Sora in the real world, right? Right. Or is that Sora? I don't know. I don't know these games, <laughs> um, but like a character in what appears to be the real world after the events of Kingdom Hearts one, two, and three. So I think the part that was surprising to me about this announcement is because it was so long from Kingdom Hearts 2 to getting, like, the full Kingdom Hearts 3. And Kingdom Hearts 3 seemed to, like, tie a bow on the series, on that trilogy so well that the fact that we got Kingdom Hearts, that they announced Kingdom Hearts 4 so quickly, on the one, initially I was like, whoa, that's, like, kind of crazy. But then I, I realized, why would they not make another, you know, like, it's an incredibly successful franchise. Yeah. Why would they not make another Kingdom Hearts 4? Well, and, like, it's only become more successful. Like, a- a- every time there is uh, a new Kingdom Hearts game, even, like, a the the re-release of um, of 3 with, like, the extra content uh, or, you know, the, the the rhythm game that came out, uh, like, last, last year, whenever it came out, um, that, like, that just sort of like surfaces more Kingdom Hearts fans, uh, you know, like to to the point where even releasing the cloud versions on Switch, that that was like a marketing beat for Square and for Nintendo uh, of like this is a big deal. Uh, the franchise is important uh, to video games in general. We can see that also just reflected in Sora being included in Smash. So like, yeah, I, I think it it only gets bigger and it only gets more acceptance as time goes on. I also think it shows that Square Enix is in a much different slash better place as a company totally than it was at the beginning of like the PS3 generation where you could they really really struggled with game development and you know now they have like a regular output of games is so maybe it's not that surprising the Kingdom Hearts 4 is coming because they can build off of like the work that was done on Kingdom Hearts 3 they're not starting from scratch technologically yeah, well, and there was something, um, uh, uh, some story coming out of Square Enix not that long ago, I guess a couple of years ago now, um, where they announced that they like had a pipeline to put out more high quality games more frequently using whatever you know engines or assets that they they currently have to do that. And I think part of that is the HD two D thing. Um, not that we've seen a ton of those games yet, but like I think we will. They're coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh then just like the Final Fantasy VII remake engine, I think is probably part of what's powering um, what we saw so far of Kingdom 
Kingdom Hearts 4. Um, I just like, and that's also part of like what we're going to see in uh, Final Fantasy 16. And uh, the, like, what's the, the, the other, like the, the PlayStation 5 one? Um, oh, yes. The Forspoken or Forspoken, something like that? Forspoken, yes. Yeah. And, and plus, I think for like Dragon Quest, that was done on Unreal Engine 4. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it does seem like their technology pipeline, which was the bottleneck seemingly, has um, they've kind of like gotten their house in order. Do you think this comes to Switch? I mean, I don't think this game comes out until 2025, which is when I believe the new <laughs> Switch will come out. Um, but no, I mean, it's the this could be so far in the future. Like the time between Kingdom Hearts 3 being like uh, revealed as a thing that they were actually making to its release was like a decade, right? So like they... And, you know, Square Enix has a history of this, uh, of taking a long time. But as we just discussed, like, maybe that's not uh, where they are anymore, not who they are anymore. Um, but, yeah, I kind of feel like, no, like, it, just despite the fact that it was a, a pretty big marketing beat that they uh, put these games on, the, the first three games on Switch, um, they did the cloud version of them, which, like, what kind of sense does that make? Um other than they just don't want to buy the Switch carts big enough to, like, sell them physically. Or, I mean, because, you know, years ago we had a story where the producer of the series was talking about, like, I just don't know that it is technologically possible to port these games, you know, like, because of engine incompatibility. Like, for Dragon Quest XI-S, that goes as a Lucid Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch, they basically had to remake the game. Right. Like, on right. a new version of Unreal Engine that could support Switch. And I... We have not seen from Square like a particular appetite or interest on putting these, uh, for lack of a better term, like triple A, you know, yeah. like gold games on to Switch natively. So, so yeah, Switch like uh, that's true. Guardians of the Galaxy did come out on Switch. That's true. Cloud version. Yeah, and so you know, like Square clearly has their output that they target for Nintendo platforms, just like they had their output during the 3DS era and the DS era that was right. specific for Nintendo right. platforms. But I I see it as Capcom where it's like, if where it makes sense, they make those accommodations. But for a lot of titles, especially with as big as gaming has gotten and these franchises are getting outside of Japan, I don't think they feel the need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would be surprised uh, if Kingdom Hearts 4 ends up on Switch, even in the cloud version. Like, I just don't really see what the what the benefit is there. Like people are going to play it on the platforms that they, they're going to, uh, people are going to play it on PlayStation, <laughs> you know, the new Metroid dread update 2.1.0 launched last week, which adds three boss rush modes to the game, boss rush, survival rush, and dread rush. This is the second of two like DLC slash updates that N Nintendo announced at the last Nintendo direct. Mm -hmm. um, so, and concludes it right like those, yeah those, as far as we know two free updates yeah. yeah no further plans for metroid dread updates uh, and the, the previous updates were the the dread difficulty mode um and i believe there's also a rookie difficulty mode that was added after launch i don't know if that was when, when that was added but boss rush can only be accessed after completing the game dread rush can only be accessed after beating the game on dread difficulty and survival mode requires the player to have beaten one of the other rush modes first this feels like a word problem that would be where you have to like figure out what order they're standing in line well so let me yeah you you uh, row across you leave the the fox there you go that's back. that's right you leave you leave dread difficulty there that's and then right row back and then you row back the point is you got to row back with them <laughs> um but uh, yeah, I, so I, I did turn uh, Metroid on to just like, uh, you know, in, engage with the, the boss rush mode here for um, just a, a second. Um, and yeah, like if you haven't already beaten the game, you can't access any of this. So, you know, great, great job, Nintendo. Um, but also having not played this game since it was released, uh, I forget how to control Samus. <laughs> I was like, how do I slide under this thing? Um, but it, it's sort of a cool, like the, the boss rush mode is, um, it's like keeping track of your time um, and your health remains consistent from one fight to the next, but you get more um, weapons. Obviously, like it resets what your weapon level will be um, with each one. Uh, and then uh, after you beat that, then you can access the survival rush, which uh, is a thing where you have only a certain amount of time 
uh, and everything else is constant. So your life and your weapons constant, just like draining them as, as you as you progress. And every time you beat a boss, you get time added on so you can kind of keep going through that way. And then the, uh, the dread mode, the dread rush is the same thing as the original boss rush boss rush mode except it's all one hit kills because that's what the uh dread uh, one hit kills for you not for the bosses <laughs> um so you know another like punishingly difficult I, I don't i don't know what that dread mode is who's that for i guess uh, speedrunners right it's for speedrunners which i'd want to watch yeah i mean yeah give give it to me i guess i guess that's that would be exciting to see but also like if you're already speedrunning like just don't get hit Right? Like, I don't know why you need a mode that forces you to do that. Um, the updates that we have not seen are, of course, my great ideas for <laughs> Metroid Dread, including a series of Emmy Challenge Rooms, which I still think would be fun to take on, um, and uh, also the ability to enable an auto counter for Emmys. Um, because I know that there are people who were playing that game and were frustrated by how frequently the Emmys murder you. But if you can just auto counter and like, you know, run away to fight it again another day, I think that would be a, a perfect little fix for the game. To your mind, Patrick, which is the worst scenario? Someone um, like these ideas have never come up uh -huh. or somebody, you know, working at Mercury Steam or Nintendo, like is aware of our show, is aware of your idea pitched it and uh -huh. it got shut down Ooh, but this one person believes in this me? one person believes in you that's the better scenario <laughs> and finally kirby in the forgotten land user icons have derived on nintendo switch online as part of that new rewards pro program we've talked about a couple of times now so you can spend your platinum points to build new icons from characters backgrounds and borders mash them all together into a new icon uh, in addition to these Kirby and the Forgotten Land icons, more Animal Crossing icons. How many times can I say icons? And Splatoon 2 icons there you were go. added earlier in the week. Uh, so lots of options. I think at some point we will stop talking about this. This is like... Um uh, the uh, Build-A-Bear Pokemon that uh, right at some or point like I was like, the Pac-Man 99 DLC. Right, yeah. Or uh, there was one more that we we're like, okay, we're not talking about this Supply anymore. chain stuff. Supply chain. We don't talk really about good it. about it this week. I don't think we mentioned it once. Um, so, but I, 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 are we there yet where we are no longer going to talk about the user icons? Maybe if... Here is the 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 When a new the game promise. gets them, I kind of yeah. want to talk about here's the Here's the promise that I feel like we can for sure make yeah if rusty's real deal oh baseball icons God. become Star available Tropics. we will let you know um if one of our pet projects if if kirby block ball yep. badges or icons become available we'll let you know that is an ncs promise and of course if the nintendo badge arcade uh gets icons then we're all about that or if the whole uh icon building thing is now hosted by the arcade bunny my god we're going to talk about it um, Mark, but let me ask you maybe a more disturbing question. Does this, this new icon creation thing, does it replace Tetris Maximus cups? Oh, wait, this has me, I, where this is moment, the Kirby and the oh Forgotten gosh, Land yeah. Tetris theme? Where is it? Before this moment, I was living my life un, like I had not thought about this. I was completely right. in ignorance. Not a care in the world. No, but now I realize we haven't gotten a Tetris Maximus Cup with a Kirby in the Forgotten Land theme. Right. The last Tetris Maximus Cup was for uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. This makes me which really nervous. Which was in nervous. January. It's now April. It's been three months since the last and Tetris Maximus Cup. And you're telling Maximus me Kirby Cup. in the Forgotten Land doesn't warrant one? I know we got one for, like, Kirby Fighters 2 or whatever. Yeah. So, like, where is my mouthful Tetris? I want one of those Tetris blocks to be Kirby <laughs> unable to swallow a Tetris piece. It should be one of the L's, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, one of this, the L's. This is really upsetting. I hope, I hope that somebody actually just accidentally just hit like a delete button on Nintendo servers. And that's the reason we haven't gotten one yet. Well, maybe it's the same reason that that uh, advance wars was accessible to uh, that. Someone just accidentally pushing buttons. It must be. We need to sort out the button pushers over at Nintendo. Um, all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. 
that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any old place where there are podcasts that you can follow. Um, if you like this episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter or any place where you can share things. We appreciate it when you do. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. There's also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8bitbetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller sorting out the button pushers and saying thank you for listening. I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network. Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrows will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing. No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have like a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. balder I than it. you. You are balder than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire. <laughs>